Welcome to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. Join us to learn simple, accessible ways that the seasons, moon phases, and astrology can help you finally create a spiritual self-care practice you can be consistent with. I'm your host, Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a practicing witch, a certified astrologer, and a published author. And I'm on a mission to help modern witches like you nourish your mind, body, and intuition so you can be your most magical self all day, every day. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm here today with Mandy M., who is a humorist, author, and chaotic wellness witch. She's the author of Witchcraft Therapy and Happy Witch, and she shares funny, approachable self-help guidance on her blog and social channels for Healing for Hot Messes and resources for non-religious witches over at The Secular Witch. Thanks so much for being here, Mandy. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Yay, we always have the best conversations. I know this is going to be so good. (laughs) Uh, But before we get into our conversation today, I'm asking everyone this question, and I'd love to hear your answer. How do you think witchcraft can be a form of self-care and help you live your most magical life? So I think that like for me, my, as you know, I consider myself a wellness witch. So for me, it's kind of something that is so huge and so powerful. And I would love to see more people incorporate spiritual practices into their day to day, because I think it can be, um, the way I usually term it is like an escape hatch from life's bullshit, you know, because the mundane realm, hey, sometimes you look around and you're like, I don't know about this. And so I find that practicing witchcraft can be just such a great break from, you know, the regular stresses. It also is a practice that really, um, that is really focused on things like mindset and shattering your limiting beliefs and trying to really kind of shift the energy that you bring to the world. And so I think that it is so immensely healing, so immensely powerful. And for me personally, and in my own practice, you know, witchcraft and self-care are, you know, two sides of the same, like it's the same thing, essentially. Yeah, I, as you know, I totally agree. (laughs) We're so on the same page. I love how you talk about it as this escape hatch or this escapist thing. I feel like people usually talk about escapism in this kind of negative connotation. And I love the idea that like escape can be a really positive thing. It can. And I think like, it's not just so much that, but like, also when you think about the way that we're told, like we're told the rules of life as we grow up, like this is how you're supposed to show up. This is how the world will respond to you. This is like how to fit in and all of these different things. And I find that the more, you know, the deeper you can get when you practice shadow work and start doing rituals and trying to kind of really influence, you know, your experience of daily life and the way that things are going to go for you it's very empowering because it's like it's basically looking at these set of rules that we are given and having this idea that wait a minute this maybe isn't the end-all be-all and we have more power than we think so I think that you know when you practice witchcraft it's like you move away from that mindset where life is happening to you and it's more like okay this is happening so what do I do to take this and channel it into something positive or take this and learn something from it or take this and like turn it to my favor because it's like you know as a witch you basically 
don't, you know, if something's like, ah, you know, that's it for you. Like, that's all, whatever. It's like, no, I do not accept that. And, you know, I have the power to influence my experience of life and the way things go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I love that so much of witchcraft is about empowerment, right? That it's like taking our power back, saying that, you know, life isn't happening to us, even though things might happen that are out of our control, we still get to choose so many pieces of our own embodiment and our own experience and our own reaction more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually truly amazing. And like, you know, that's why, you know, which is, which is no, the power that comes with that. Yeah, totally. Well, so we had chatted a little bit before we decided to do this episode about what are we going to do an episode about? Because we could talk about literally anything and everything. Um, And we do. (laughs) So Mandy and I decided that we wanted to talk about, we're both really passionate about archetypes. So we're going to talk about archetypes today. So to kick us off for that, I want to hear from you what in your life and your practice and your work, like, how do you define the idea of archetypes and why is it powerful to work with them? Well, archetypes are basically those symbols and characters and, uh, you know, sometimes even just like a collection of ideas of what something embodies um, that basically is kind of burnt into our collective subconscious as a species, right? So, I mean, if I were to say, you know, warrior to you, or if I were to say mother or, you know, king or something like that, typically most of us as human beings would have a very, uh, we would be able to make a mental representation of what that, what that character is, what qualities they embody, all of that sort of thing. So they're kind of, it's, archetypes are really interesting because our attention to them and the fact that we all kind of interact with that, you know, in our, in our media, in the books we write, all of these different things. It's like we give them even bigger power. And I think that that's something that we can all kind of tap into and use as a form of coping, you know, with life. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think that's so true that we're constantly like feeding and fueling these archetypes in our lives, in our media, the way we interact with characters, the way we interact with other people and kind of like, you know, how we, how we expect other people to be or to react to us or how we react to them based on these archetypes that we kind of assign to them. Um, How do you work with archetypes in your practice from a spiritual perspective? So me personally, I usually work with archetypes in the sense that I try and call upon the energy or the qualities that that archetype embodies when I feel like I'm lacking that in myself and could use it as a boost. So for me, like it sounds strange, but for me, the way, the easiest way I could look at it is to call it like emotional cosplay, right? So if I feel like I'm going into a situation where you know, I would like to be more confident. And like, to me, you know, maybe I'm in a place where that doesn't feel super comfortable for me. So like, how do I kind of, am I going to channel my like inner Beyonce or like, you know what I mean? It can be anything really, but basically the way that I use it is I try and think of a situation because usually, you know, as you know, a lot of our work uh, in our practices is tied to an event, right? So something, maybe you're going to a job interview or like maybe you're going to see a relative that you struggle to hold boundaries with or anything like that. And so for me, basically trying to choose an archetype, 
character that is like the reason why they're so powerful is because we know them so well right so you can really get a good sense of how that person would handle the situation if you had a drop of that essence like how would they walk into that situation what's the energy they would bring how would they feel about the interaction what could they take from it in the future um so yeah that's a lot of words for the question but basically yeah for me i use it as kind of trying to invoke certain qualities that i maybe feel are just outside of reach yeah. I, oh my gosh. So, so good. I, people are going to so resonate with the idea of emotional cosplay. Like I love that. And it totally, like, I think it distills something that I haven't quite been able to put into words before. So I love that. And I, I, cause I do, I think archetypes is stepping into the shoes of this energy that I really feel exists inside of us. You know, it's like, we, we think it's outside of us. We think that that confidence or that, that power or that intuition or whatever that thing we feel we're lacking, we think that we have to go searching for it, but really it's like, no, we just need to step into those shoes inside of ourselves and, and find it, you know? And I think that it is kind of like this little hack to work with archetypes and say like, okay, this thing is in me, but I don't know how to find it. Right. I don't know where it exists in me. So I'm going to focus on this archetype of like a queen, or I'm going to focus on this archetype of a crone or whatever it is to like step into that and, and be able to kind of like find it and seek it out inside of me. Yeah. And it's like, and it's funny too, because yes, it's always there, always accessible, always available to us. But like, ever since we're young, we kind of decide who we are. Other people tell us who we are and we kind of get these like limitations or we, we, put the ceiling upon ourselves and it can almost be like when you work with an archetype or something like that it can almost be a way to like all all of my magic is like trying to get away around my own fucking brain uh, but it's like almost a way to just sidestep your brain into thinking like oh, okay so we know how this character would handle it and then we can get a picture of that whereas when it's like this is how you can handle it we're like oh god no that doesn't fit in the box that I've been in so it's it's kind of just a little way that we can kind of step into that and the more you begin to work with that the more you begin to step into those things it's like fake it till you make it because it becomes more um it becomes more ingrained because you've had so much practice, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that when we, when we, I think it is, that's so true. Like it is so much practice, right? Like even if it's just like sitting at your altar and thinking about this archetype or meditating on it, like you're practicing getting comfortable and familiar with how that archetype would handle the situation. And you are, you're like pulling it out of the shadows from inside of yourself. Um, and one of the ways, like a big way that I work with archetypes is through astrology. And one of my favorite things about astrology is that, yes, we have, we all have our sun and our moon and our rising and all of our planets. And yes, there are probably definitely some signs in your chart that you don't have any planets in, right? And it's like, oh, I don't have any Leo or I don't have any, you know, I don't have any Aquarius, right? But we actually all have all 12 signs in the chart, even if there's nothing there, like we wouldn't be a complete person without all of them. And so I think it's a really, really cool way to work with archetypes is to feel like, okay, this might not be a huge part of who I am, right? Like the rebel might not be a huge part of who I am, but there is still like this rebellious energy somewhere inside of me. Like there is within everyone. Um, and I think that working with archetypes in that way, whether it's the, the signs in your chart that you do have a lot of placements in, 
or working with those, like you were saying, where you don't have a lot of energy and calling that in to help you in that, that area where you feel like you're lacking that energy is so powerful and so much more grounded than, you know, kind of the really abstract ways we kind of tend to think of astrology. Yeah. And it's really interesting, like when you're talking about astrology too, because so many of us feel like we contain multitudes, right? So like, I, like, I'm sure it's very common that most of us feel like we have a million personalities just duking it out in there. And so with something like that, with astrology, it kind of gives a little quirky bit of explanation to that. Like, oh, that was just my, that was just my Leo Mars or like, that was just like what, so it's almost like you're giving shape and you're giving form to these different aspects of yourself, which is in a way, a type of self-acceptance, right? So often we kind of look at ourselves and we take all these quirky things and we turn them into negatives or some way that we're not like measuring up. But when you look at it that way, especially with like something like that, where you have these clear, this is the signs, this is how it would behave here, here, and here. It becomes this way of just kind of gracefully giving yourself permission to be who you are. hundred percent. I think that's my favorite thing about being an astrologer and helping people understand their charts is it does, it gives us so much permission to just be who we are and to accept ourselves and also to make changes that we want to make in like an intentional and healing way, instead of being like, Oh, you know, I, I'm, I could never be like this, you know, working with that sign, working with that archetype can help you channel something that you want to have, you know, you want to express, or you want to have in your life. Um, I don't know. It's just so, I find it so, so empowering, but I would love to hear how on kind of like a tangible practical level in your practice, like when you are inviting in an archetype and you are channeling that energy, like, what does that look like in your practice? What are you actually doing? So typically for me, I do it in the context of bath magic. Usually I have done, you know, some work outside of bath magic, but I just find personally that gets me in a zone where I can kind of visualize with more clarity because there's less stimulation. My body is like being put at ease. And so it's not, you know, I'm not having these like crazy physical reactions to what's going on around me. Um, I have this deck. This is the archetype deck by Kim Kranz. It has so many amazing archetypes in here. It's got, um, there's like the selves, the places. So like even archetypal places such as the cave or the mountain or things like that. There's tools, there's um, transformations, I believe is, is the other one. There's just so many different things in here. And what I like to do is just take a card. Um, I'll see if I can get one out to show, but what I usually do is try and fill the bath with something. Um, I just did like a, a class on this. So I feel like having deja vu talking about this again, but basically uh, what happens, I, you know, pick some sort of recipe or something that will work in the bath um, depending on the archetype. So you can pick different herbs or whatever. For example, if you're trying to call upon the warrior, you might pick herbs that are associated with strength um, or courage or protection. Um, and then basically I just try and find an archetype card um, put it somewhere that I can see. That's interesting. The queen just popped up. Um, that's timely. So basically just take the card. I try and prop it up. I have these like LED candles because I'm a fire hazard. So I put those usually in the bathroom and I try and prop, prop it up somewhere that I can see it. And then basically beforehand, what you want to do is when you pick your archetype and it's really worth um, taking the time to do this step where you pick your archetype and you think of the situation you have and the archetype you're choosing and why because then if you get a really good crystal clear list of the qualities you're wanting to embody your magic's going to be more powerful and it's going to work 
uh, it has a better chance of working because as you, like, you're like me today, right? So you do a lot of visualization in your magic. So with this, you would look at it and then you would kind of go on a little visualization journey where you're trying to meet that part of you within yourself with that crystal clear list of the qualities that they possess and why you want them. So for example, the situation, um, an example situation I gave earlier is like, say you're seeing a family member that's going to be hard for you to see and you struggle to hold boundaries. So you could, you know, visualize channeling um, an archetype for that. And you could imagine how would that how would that character show up in this situation? Would like, would they have fear about it? Would they have fear and be strong anyway? Like you can get into a lot of different detail that can be super helpful. And then you just imagine yourself dealing with things the way that you want it to go. And with those different qualities that you're using. And that way it's a bit more comfortable. So like when in the class I just did where we talked about this, we talked a little bit about creative visualization, which for me is such a huge tool for any workings. And I know that you're the, the same today. Um, and I posted in that class, a screenshot of a, um, they did like a, a brain imaging study where they told participants about like a threat or a predator and the similar regions of the brain were activated as if it was actually happening. So the clearer that you can get, the better things go. The more you visualize something happening the way that you want it to happen or whatever, the easier your body and your brain and all of it, your spirit is going to be able to call on that more, more easily. I'm not saying it's going to be easy until you have practice, but that clarity piece is there, which means it's not just this, oh, like for me, I'm like, oh God, I wish I would have had the confidence to deal with that or whatever. It's like, that doesn't mean anything. That's not telling us anything. That's not actionable. That's just pointing out something you feel like you're lacking. So I'm like, okay, so Mandy, like, what do we want? Like, how do we want to show up? How do we want that to impact us? How do we want to move forward? Oh my God. So good. So good. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. I need that deck. I'm I'm getting that deck. Like okay. when we get off. <laughs> is another one I just thought these are animal spirit cards. But I mean, if you think about animals as well, they also have like sets of qualities that we can easily identify. Same with you can use, you know, the you can use tarot cards. If you're starting a new adventure, are you gonna maybe use the fool? Because that's another thing. I'm sorry, I've just like got passionate. So I'm just talking, talking, talking. No, please do. This is so good. People are going to love it. <laughs> I'm like, you caught me on a roll. So I, another thing is like, for example, we, we don't allow ourselves to go through these archetypal journeys and stories as well that happen. You know, when, when you think about like a good movie or a good book or like, you know, the, the hero's journey or anything like that we kind of allow those stories and we love those stories to have these moments of darkness or these moments where someone fucks up and they learn something or these moments where you know we allow for the the human um flawed human to take place in these stories to transform into something different but when it comes to our own life and we fuck up we're like you piece of shit so there's I think it's good also to like give ourselves permission that you can be the full story you can be the downfalls and the high points and all of that different stuff like that's all just fucking part of it this idea that we're all like trying to strive for something for it to go easier to go perfect like that's that was never on the table <laughs> yeah no that's so true I mean not only are we we always talk about like we're so much harder on ourselves and we are on other people right like 
the oh. things we tell ourselves, we would never tell like our children or our partner or our best friend. Right. But I think that you're so right. We're also harder on ourselves than we are on like fictional characters. <laughs> like we <laughs> allow characters in our favorite stories to be so much more flawed than we allow ourselves. Like that's, that's really profound, honestly. Yeah. Cause you see, like sometimes, you know, in a good like show, you're like, that's a good character arc. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So you might feel like you're a dumpster fire right now, but let's just say you're in the, you're just in the part of your character arc that maybe is not as pretty as the other ones. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No. And I love how archetypes do lend themselves so well to both tarot, to astrology, to these different systems, but also to fiction. Like mm-hmm. there really is, I don't know, even though I'm, you know, a primarily nonfiction writer and have been for a long time, like, I think there's something really powerful about being able to step into story and that storytelling and, and character development is really spiritual in its way. It is. And when you think about it, like how fucking cool is it that we all get to like be our own character to develop? (laughs) Like that's actually kind of interesting. I remember I spent so many years of my life being so miserable about like who I was or like feeling guilty or like all of these different things. And that it's like, it it feels so complicated, but really at the end of the day, it's not. It's like, if you then work on it, that's it. Like, (laughs) and so, yeah, it's, it's very, it's a very cool and important thing, I think. Totally, totally. Okay, let's, you mentioned a little bit about tarot archetypes. How does yeah. that show up for you? Like, I mean, I, I know I work with it in a really similar way as you described with the the bath magic and like choosing a card and, you know, putting that on the candle or on the altar. Um, but is there anything else specific to tarot that you want to unpack? I. Uh, not really a ton with tarot. I really do love using like the energies of say like high priestess to connect to your intuition. So for me, I like consider myself a skeptic, which, which is like, it seems so crazy, but it's not, I swear. Um, but basically I kind of have the, these limiting beliefs that I grew up with that make it so that everything I'm like, man, really? And of course, today, the astrologer and you, you know that I am a Virgo sun, Capricorn moon. And that's probably exactly why I am this way. Uh, <laughs> he's like nodding. Yup. It was, there was yep. actually, about <laughs> that. it was like skeptic about astrology, astrology. And it said like, of course you are, you Virgo sun, Capricorn moon bitch or something like that. And I was like, oh, it's me. Like, <laughs> that's so that's but, um, but yeah, so I find like when it comes to things like that, embracing your inner mystic or really, cause I also consider myself very much a mystic. Right. And so I think getting into those different states too, it can help to, to see these characters. Um, and again, even movie characters and book characters can help with that. If you think of a character that kind of exists in this other plane, this other world, whatever, it can help you trying to imagine that, visualize that, really clarifying what those qualities are, can act as a portal for you energetically to get to where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that like you were saying earlier, anytime we can get a clear picture of who we want to be, how we want to be showing up, where we want to be, like, which for you and me is visualization for someone. It might be something not as visual. Um, there's other ways to do that, but it's definitely visualization for me. 
And the clearer you can get, not on the how, right? Not on how you're going to get there. Like, and then that's where like with manifesting, we get ourselves totally off track because we get so obsessed with how it's going to happen and how it could be possible. But that's really not the point, right? Like whether it's channeling an archetype or like manifesting a house, it doesn't matter. Like it's really about getting clear on what you want, getting clear on how you're going to show up. And then the rest of it is just up to however it's going to fall, you know? Yeah. And not even just what you want. Like I try and lean right into how I'm wanting to feel. Cause usually it's not so much about the thing, right? Like it's, I want to feel, you know, I want to feel connected or accepted or like, you know, all these different things that we want. So, cause I think also too, like, I genuinely believe in this, like what you want or something better can come. Right. So if you really lean into the feeling or the qualities or all those different things, you want to lean into the shift that you're hoping that that thing will bring you, whether it be the house or the, this or the, that basically just trying to lean into how that makes you feel then opens you up to not just this thing like maybe you can get to that feeling some other way that you never imagined and for most of us that have had successful manifestations and things like that we know that that's exactly how it works like we think like I want this so I really want this like these circumstances to happen for me to go from here to there but the way that it actually works is you open yourself up to that and you try and get yourself into the frequency of that and then all of a sudden you can be going all around the block and end up somewhere that you didn't even know that you wanted to be but you're like that's exactly I jumped that part right so it's really very interesting and it's very exciting I just it's very exciting (laughs) It is. Well, and I mean, I definitely have so many examples of that where it's like, I'm manifesting this very specific thing and it happened, but not where I thought I was going Um, over and over and over again. Um, And I I did learn eventually as I got older that I need to be careful about what I say over what I say repeatedly. It's the things I repeat, the things where I'm like, oh, I just, I really wish that it would go this way. I really wish, you know, something would happen by this date. Yes. You don't know how you're gonna get there. You better get more clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it also goes along with what you were saying about this like character arc, right? That like we think we're gonna take these perfect steps and we think we're going to, you know, get there in, in this really perfect, precise way, but like that's not a good story, right? And the, the universe is writing a good story for us, whether we like it or not. Absolutely. And that they've got this view up here that, you know, they understand there's chaos, there's all of it. Whereas we have, we can see it happening this way and we don't, we don't quite know about anything else. So it's really, it's very interesting and it's very beautiful to be open to possibilities. Like, my God, there were times in my life I never, like, I would never have imagined that I'm here. And every day there's this like really gross, toxic part of me that comes out and is like, okay, so when's it going to end? And I'm like, no, no, like, just because you thought that was going to be the way things were forever doesn't mean that gets to be the way things are from now. So you kind of always have to have this like expansive attitude towards like, meh, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So let's yeah. hope it's really funny like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true let's hope there, a good story comes out of however it's yeah. gonna go yeah well I, and wait I think grow more <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> whatever lesson that I have to learn next um yeah absolutely well and I, I think I don't know to, to circle back to archetypes I think that 
archetypes can be so supportive in that, right? That like another of my favorite things about astrology, and I feel like this is also true of like the fool's journey and tarot and, and in lots of other spaces is not only do they give us permission to, you know, be who we are, they give us permission to be where we are in the story, right? That like the planets are constantly moving. There is always the next card in the tarot deck, right? Like that nothing is ever static. It's nothing is ever unchanging. It's always expanding. It's always moving on. It's always moving forward. And it might circle back. You know, yeah. you might go all the way through the deck and come back to the tower, right? You might go all the way through and come back to that retrograde, but like, yeah, it's, it's not here forever. Nothing is here forever. Yeah. And wheel of fortune is a great, is like on the topic of tarot is a great one for that too. And just recognizing that no matter what's happening, just appreciate it, get through it. And it will change shift evolved over time. Like, you know, even, even if things aren't perfect down the line, they'll be different. It's just, that's just the way things have to be. So. Yeah. 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 There's so much like acceptance and permission and like flow and surrender that goes along with all of these tools. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So what just, I mean, out of curiosity, cause I, I also love the high priestess is also my, like my, my tarot card that I always have tarot artwork of. Um, what are some of your favorite, favorite archetypes that you find you kind of go back to again and again that you always work with? Um, I do mother a lot just because I am a mother. And sometimes I don't feel like I'm embodying the type of mother that I would like to be. And as we know, most of these archetypes have, you know, a light and a shadow side, just as we do. Um, but sometimes I like to call upon the energy of the mother, just, you know, even just for self-nurturing. But I like to as well, just to try and do a little mental exploration of the type of mom that I, how I would like to show up. Like, what are the qualities of the mother archetype that are special or important to me? Um, I love high priestess. I really do love um, working with the high priestess. With that, usually I do like a candle ritual and then try and do um, a sort of meditation journey to meet my inner high priestess like I try and shift it but I do the same thing with the card propped up just as like a visual prompt just because then it's engaging your brain on even a different level um, than just you know the thinking and the meditating and this and that like it's right there and it feels like there's an energetic pull um, when you're doing that I like to do that with like an actual candle even though I am a high fire hazard I get to do candles sometimes <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so I like doing um high priestess but there's lots in this archetype that there's really pretty much anything for everything I did one recently the um I used the creator energy and that was a really powerful one for me because it was basically just trying to align with this energy of like what you create just wants to be created like that's just the end of it like you don't have to get attached to it it's like it doesn't have to be it it no longer has to be a part of yourself it's out there it's in the world and you're just the channel for it and so it can be helpful if you are a creator or writer or painter anybody that creates things it can be really helpful to get out of your head in that way where you don't feel this attachment to like are people going to like it or whatever it's like are you worried about people liking it or are you trying to be a channel for something to be born right so it I find working with energies like that too can help me just keep perspective about things because I do tend to get like very up in my head about stuff. Um, so it really depends on like, it depends on the circumstances for sure. But yeah, like mother, high priestess. Um, and yeah, just recently, that was my first time using the creator. And I was like, 
this is going to be because I felt I felt like I got answers like I did this kind of I was in the bath and I was kind of doing this visualization journey but then I felt like I got these auditory answers to some things that had been weighing on me and I was like whoa so that was beautiful and I think it was because I was I don't know if it's because I was able to hear my own intuition my own guidance or if it, it was just because by using that archetype I got opened up to you know more wisdom than this limiting my small human inside me that's just trying to be like no no it's okay just stay where you are where it's comfortable and safe <laughs> Yeah, totally. No, I love that, that collection of archetypes. Um, I actually, that reminded me, I, I do have a deck that I actually work with all the time, but I just didn't really think of it as archetypes, but it totally is. Um, yeah. The Threads of Fate deck, um, which is, it's my absolute favorite. It's the one that like I use in my morning rituals and they're just, the cards are so beautiful. Um, and there's a section of, of the deck that are all archetypes and there's a creatrix one. And it is one of my favorite cards. And it's one I always pull when I'm in that space of like, you know, how, how do I serve? Like, are people gonna, are people gonna like this? Is this what I need to be doing? Like when you yeah. get in that loop, like that's always the card that I pull when I'm in that, in that space. Right. Um, and I, and I think that's a powerful way to work with archetypes too, is if you have, whether you're working with a tarot deck or one of these Oracle decks that has archetypes in it, like working with the card that you pull sometimes can be really powerful too. And that's something that I've done many times is, you know, pull the card and be like, okay, yes, I need to embody this energy. I need to show up in this way. And then like putting it on my altar, putting it on my desk so that I do see it. Like I'm a big fan of like the visual reminder. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would not survive without a lot of to-do lists. I would just like, I don't know what I would find myself doing, but it wouldn't be whatever I needed to be doing. Um, and so I'm a big fan of like, I need, I need checklists. I need things to remind me of what I'm supposed to be doing and thinking about um, and how I want to be showing up. And yeah. so, you know, having the card, whether it's a, like a tarot card or one of the archetype cards on my altar, on my desk, and just circling back to it, you know, every time you see it, it just kind of triggers that, okay, yes, that's what, that's how I want to be that's how I want to be showing up. That's how I want to be right now. Um, yeah. even just that, like, that's one of my favorite ways to work with crystals too, is just for the visual reminder of like, yes, I have rose quartz on my desk because I want to be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> and I picked the one that wasn't big enough to really do some damage if I threw it at a motherfucker. Like, <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot. Am I allowed to swear on here? <laughs> Oh my God. You're so fine. You're right. so fine. <laughs> well, this has been so good. I know there's like so many good nuggets in here. So people should listen to this several times because this was such a good conversation. Um, one thing that is very exciting is Mandy's going to be one of the speakers for our third annual Empowered Modern Witches Summit this year um, in just, well, when this comes out in just a week. Um, so you should absolutely get your free ticket. We'll link it up in the show notes. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're going to be presenting on, Mandy. So I'm going to be presenting on secular witchcraft. So I am a secular witch. I do not work with deities. I do not approach my practice as a religion. 
Um, so I'm going to be talking a little bit about what that means. And, you know, it's not really a definable thing. So that'll be fun. And that <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about the magical framework that I, that I use. That's my approach to magic, which um, guides the books that I write. I've written two books and guides the, you know, I have an online coven, just all the work that I do um, and the rituals I create and the workshops I do and all of that are guided by these principles. And I was going to talk about that uh, in tandem with secular witchcraft. Because I think, you know, I feel like there's a lot of witches out there that like exist in this gray area that feel like they maybe aren't witch enough to call themselves witch or they don't feel like they're quite mundane enough to like not recognize their own spirituality and I'm like no no come in <laughs> come in and huddle like there's space for all of us and so I think that it it would just be really powerful if more um more witches kind of felt freer and felt more permission to kind of step into whatever their practice looks like for them right because unfortunately there can be a lot of like conflicting noise and all of that as there are in any other space where people can kind of end up feeling like maybe they don't um have the permission or they're not you know valid enough and it's it's like i really just mainly want to talk about you know that it's different it's different for everybody it's so wholly unique there's as many types of witches you know as there are people who practice magic so it's you know everyone's got their spot at the table <laughs> yes absolutely that's always my favorite line that I feel like I say on a broken record is there are as many types of witches as there are witches yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so true yeah, yeah no it the is. presentation is gonna be so good I I feel like it's a really cool really different perspective definitely than the way I teach but I think than the way a lot of our speakers are going to be teaching so yeah. I'm really excited thank you so much and yeah thanks for having me and I can't wait for the summit Yay. yeah okay so definitely grab your free ticket for the summit um to catch Mandy's presentation we're gonna have live lectures and live panel discussions we're gonna have video releases it's going to be amazing. Um, it's totally free to attend. It's September 19th to 23rd, 2022. So if you're listening to this in the future, sorry, but you know, it's happening next week. Um, and you can also get an all access pass. So the pass is they're available on a sliding scale. They start at $77 um, and your pass gets you lifetime access to the replays. So you'll have Mandy's presentation and all of the presentations and panels forever and ever. Um, and you get over $1,000 in bonuses. So what is your bonus, Mandy, that's in the bonus? Uh, um, coven. So it's two months of coven me membership again. Yes. So good. So you'll get to join Mandy's coven for two months for free included in your package or in your pass. Um, and we just did a workshop in, in your coven and it was so much fun. So really, really great, great stuff. Great resources in there. Um, tell people where they can find you. So you guys, uh, can find me at healing for hot messes on Instagram. Um, and I'm on Facebook at Mandy M writer. And then the other platforms, I don't know, I don't fuck with them much, so I won't bother. But my website is healingforhotmesses.com. And that's where you can find my coven, my workshops, my classes. I just did a couple bath magic classes where we did cover things like archetype bathing. Um, so fun, so exciting. So if you don't mind, you know, swear words and a lot of run on sentences, then I'm your girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely go check out Mandy's website. Um, join us for the summit. And thank you so much, Mandy. This was such a great conversation. Thanks for having me today. Have a good night.
As always, thanks for listening to the Empowered Modern Witches Show. I'm Tanae Stewart, the Witch of Lupin Hollow, and it's my pleasure to be your host. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Much love from Lupin Hollow. Thank you.